the reading of the Christmas story and a special message just for you and for everybody else. We're going to be reading from Luke 2, verses 1 through 7 about the birth of Jesus. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken since Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. All righty. Y'all have heard that story before, I know, right? What? That's right. All right, that's what I thought. And I want to look at something in particular this morning. You know, oftentimes what we read is that Jesus was placed in a manger. Anybody know what a manger was? Yes, sir. It was something that... Um, Go ahead. Go ahead, Elvis. <laughs> it's something that... It, oh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Good try, though. Good try. A manger... Exactly. A manger was a food trough for animals. That means they ate their food out of it. So guess what was in that manger probably? Hay. Hay was probably eventually in it, yeah, when they were eating it. But what else happens? What happens when you eat? You ever have a little split, spit come down? Yes. You ever seen an animal slobber? That'd be nasty, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Can you go ooh with me? Ooh. Exactly. Let's try it again. I didn't see any jaws moving. You ready? One, two, three. Ooh. That's right. That'd be gross. And we often get the impression, kind of like what we got up here, that it says there was no room for him in the end. So a lot of your Christmas place, they have what we call an innkeeper. He's the guy that keeps the inn. But he's kind of like, you, you ever been to a hotel? Okay, it's kind of like the person that runs the hotel. They, they rent out rooms to people. But there was no room in that inn. And so people kind of make out like the innkeeper was kind of mean and threw Jesus and, and Mary and Joseph out in the barn. How many of y'all would like to sleep in a barn? Any of you ever slept in a barn? No? Okay. Don't recommend it. But anyway, all right. But what's often out in a barn? Let's look at what, what kind of animals do you see up here right here? Yes, sir. Uh, a horse, sheep, a cow. Okay, well, you got all three of them. It's, it's, a, it's a donkey back there. Oopsie. That's all right. That's close. Close guess. Let's see. Rather than asking y'all to make the donkey sound, I want to ask the ladies of the church to make a donkey sound. So y'all count the three with me, and we'll let our ladies do their best job at making a donkey sound, okay? One, two, three. That was pretty good, wouldn't it? Well, I can do that too. I can't do it. Right. I don't know how to do it. I can do it. 
All right, all right well done. Now, we also have, that looks like a bull, but cows. Why don't we let the men of the church do the cow? You think they can do the cow good? All right, let's count to three. One, two, three. Woo, those are some sick cows, boys and girls, aren't they? <laughs> All right, and what else do we see? We see sheep or goats. Now, we can do that sound, can't we? What does that go? One, two, three. That's right. So you would have had probably a little bit of noise going on in there. You think those animals smell pretty? No, they didn't go back to the vet back then and get a, a washing clean, right? They probably stunk. That's right. So, now, if they had thrown Mary and Joseph, knowing they were fixing to have a baby out in the barn where all the animals stink and everything else, that seems kind of mean, doesn't it? But if there was no room in the inn, may not have had a choice. But the truth is, they didn't necessarily have barns. That's the kind of barn like something like we would have today, only ours would be painted red. Oftentimes... In Bible days, there were houses that had a cave that served as their kind of barn. So it's possible that the manger and Mary and Joseph went to a cave. As a matter of fact, in the century after Jesus was born, a tradition was already circulating that Jesus was born in a cave behind a house. Was it Christmas? It was still Christmas, but look. This is where you find the church of the nativity today, where they mark where they think Jesus was born. You see that little hole right there? Mm -hmm. That's where they think Jesus was born. So some people will go there and look to see if Jesus was born there. We'll pass that around so everybody can see it good. All right? But people will travel from around to go and see that place because that might be, might be, where Jesus was born. But there's also another possibility. And for that, we need to get up and move and go to the steps. Y'all leave room for me to sit beside that thing right there in the middle. Have y'all been wondering? Oh, if you can leave me a little spot right here. Just a little spot. Thank you. All right, that's perfect. That is perfect. Y'all can sit in the front too if you want where you can see it all together, pretty good. All righty. How many of you in your house have a living room? There's something you call a living room. All right, what do you do in the living room? You can play in it sometimes. You sit and talk maybe. Yeah, and that's very thrilling for y'all at your age, isn't it? I always wondered how older adults could just sit there and enjoy talking and talking and talking. Seemed, seemed kind of boring to me when I was a kid. Well, back in Jesus' day, the homes had living rooms too. And back in Jesus' day, let's think about, we call this the chancel. But let's, the chancel is the area up here at the front where you have the altar and everything. This open area where you were sitting is the chancel. But let's pretend this chancel area is a family living room in a house. You see, oftentimes in biblical days, they would build the stables into their homes. Why would they? That is a great question. Thank you for asking it. Why might you want to keep animals on a cold night in the house with you? But because they could get sick. They could get sick. 
That's right. It also helps them to stay warm. Boom. And it also, their warmth helps other people in the house to stay warm, right? Uh -huh. Like sheep. Yep. What's another reason you lock things up in your house at night? So they can't escape. So they can't escape, but what else? Uh, so they don't get stolen. So lots of times, you would have, even a little bit higher up than this, you'd have a living room and a set of steps over there that would go down to another level, about probably three feet lower, and then you would have the stable. And it was actually what we would call inside the house. And so we have a wonderful thing that was made here by Mr. Wendell. Mr. Wendell, wave to the kids here for a moment, will you? Say, thanks, Mr. Wendell. Thanks, Mr. Wendell. He did us a huge favor by making this. You see how this is level with the floor up here? Yeah. Oftentimes in Jesus' day and still, I think, today, they took mangers. Their mangers were dug into the floor. And so the animals, if they're down where you are, they just walked up and ate out of this dugout spot in the floor. So it's possible that when the person, they had no room in the end, hospitality, what we call hospitality, that's always welcoming folks that may not have a place to stay. That was important and is still important over in the Middle East. And so the thought of just throwing Jesus out would have horrified them. But even though they didn't have room in the end, perhaps he made room in his own house and made the best of it what he could do. I don't think they just threw Jesus in a manger with it still having animal saliva all in it. Do you? No. That'd be gross. You wouldn't want to put your little baby brother or sister in there, would you? No. No. Nah. So I bet they did their best to clean it out and then put some hay in it to make it a soft bed for him. And so... When you throw him, when you throw him in, he might get him hurt. Say it again. I forgot. Okay. I, I, uh, I think I... But you see what I'm talking about? They didn't have a bed for Jesus, but they did the best with what they had. And so I just what I want to talk to you about today. Sometimes we may not feel like we have a lot to do for Jesus. I remember when I was about y'all's age, I have a big brother named Rodney. He's four and a half years older than me. And I remember one time I felt like I didn't have anything to give my parents because he drew this cool looking dragon. And he put, I think, $7 at the foot of the tree for my mom and dad. That was a lot of money to me. A lot of money. And I was like, I don't have anything like that I can give. But don't you think for Jesus, it's the best that we have to offer? You remember the lady with the widow's mite? That wasn't even worth a penny. She, what she is, she brought an offering in and she put an offering... Just the widow's mite. That was like our pennies. And Jesus said she gave more than anybody else here because that was all she had. So we can give what we have for Jesus and it makes him happy if we do our best. So that's one thing. Another thing is to make room for him. How many of y'all are busy this holiday season? Are you running around a lot and doing different things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet you are. And I bet your parents are running around even more, more so than y'all realize. And it is hard. It is easy, so easy. 
and the hustle and bustle of going to stores, preparing food, getting stuff for teachers, and all this stuff, it is easy to forget about Jesus. And you know what day Christmas is on this year? It's on a, a Sunday. Now, I know a lot of you are still going to be at home opening presents. But I want to invite you to do something. On Christmas Day, after you've gotten up and opened your presents, even if you don't come here, we're going to have a regular service here. But even if you don't make it here, you can tune in for a very brief service at 10 o'clock. And you can take at least a few minutes to remember what Christmas is really all about. The presents are nice. They're awesome. I got excited about that. But Jesus is what Christmas is it really is about. All, it's, all, it's all about Jesus' birthday. That's right. It is all about his birthday. Perhaps you could even sing happy birthday to Jesus that day. But I would encourage everybody to read the Christmas story or you can join us and we'll read the Christmas story. And we'll have a brief time together. Okay? You know what, though? I, there's something going on right here. What's missing in this manger? A baby. A baby. All right, li listen carefully. See if you hear something. <laughs> Y'all hear that? Yeah. <laughs> a baby. It's a baby. Okay. Why don't we, uh, Miss Lindsay, would you mind? Is there a baby crying over there? <laughs> bring it, will you bring it over here, please? All right, now we got a baby to put in the manger. All right, let's remember, it's about making room for Jesus and giving him the best that you got, okay? Let's pray just for a moment. Dear God, we thank you so much for the gift of Jesus. We thank you for how we have the opportunity to welcome him we pray that we'll do our best at what we have, with what we have, to make room for him in our time, that we won't be so busy opening up presents and running around, but that we'll have time to reflect and to rejoice in the good news that Jesus is born. Help us to give him the best that we have to offer as we sing, as we pray, as we read your word, and as we worship together as a church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.